Welcome to the Smarter Healthcare Podcast, where we meet the brightest minds transforming healthcare, with your host, Kathy Susich. Welcome to Episode 15 of the Smarter Healthcare Podcast. Our guest is Gina Nebisar, co-founder and chief product officer of Ovia Health, a women's and family health technology company. Gina leads product development and marketing for Ovia and has scaled the solutions to more than 15 million women and families globally. She's also mom of two, with one more on the way, and a women's health ambassador with more than 50 million views of her Ovia pregnancy video series chronicling her journey to motherhood. In this episode, Gina and I talk about employee well-being during the pandemic, particularly as it relates to parents. Gina talks about some of the trends Ovia is seeing on its platform and how she believes businesses can support employees. I hope you enjoy. Thank you, Gina, for coming to the podcast. Can you start by talking a little bit about your background and about Ovia Health? Ovia is a digital platform for women's and family health. We've served over 15 million families navigating their reproductive health and their journeys through parenthood with clinical programs that help them really understand and gain control of their conditions and risk factors along the journey, like PCOS, high-risk pregnancies, and parental depression. Women uh, track their health and their lives with Ovia every single day, and we use that data to help them understand their bodies better uh, and achieve a better outcome, whether that outcome is getting pregnant or having a healthier pregnancy and childbirth, or sometimes just simply to understand their new identities as, as parents. About me, I uh, have a background. I'm the chief of product and marketing at Ovia. I have a background in entrepreneurship and engineering. I am also an Ovia mom of, of two with one on the way uh, and working full-time without any formal childcare in sight. So you'll have to excuse me if my if my kids come running through the door or if I run out of breath at any point due to pregnancy. Uh, I think like many working parents uh, uh, experiencing the chaos and exhaustion of this pandemic and today's reality, I think you know, my, my lines between work and self have, have certainly blurred. Uh, but I know my challenges are, are small in comparison to some of the uh, what other families are experiencing and the trends that we're seeing on our platform and the impact to, to parental mental well-being overall. I can completely relate to everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that you talked about PCOS, depression. What are some of the other issues that women face during pregnancy and parenthood that your company is helping to address? We address the full spectrum of family health from the moment people are, uh, their, their first interaction with their reproductive health, their, their first period through their sexual health, fertility, pregnancy, first family's first years. As an organization, we have a commitment to not only prove out the efficacy of our programs and our impact on adverse and preventing adverse outcomes, but also we have a deep commitment to research, clinical research that informs not only uh, health policy decisions, but also with the goal of elevating the standard of care for families, which is needed in this country. We've published over 30 peer-reviewed publications <laughs> or studies uh, with some of the world's uh, most, uh, uh, with some of the world's leading academic institutions, taking on the most complex challenges in family health, from the national cesarean epidemic, um, maternal mortality, social determinants of health, 
And throughout the pandemic, we've been working with the March of Dimes to continuously publish new research on how the pandemic is impacting care delivery uh, for parents, uh, pediatrics, uh, prenatal care, as well as racial disparities in family care, um, as, and of course, the, the parent uh, mental health crisis. Great. Now let's dig in a little bit deeper on mental health. According to the Mental Health Index U.S. Worker Edition, employees reported a 48% increase for risk of depression between November and December of last year, and employee focus plummeted 62% during the same time. Yet two-thirds of employees hide their mental health condition at work because of fear and stigma. Did these statistics surprise you at all? These statistics do not surprise me. Um, we're now a full year into the pandemic, so it's no surprise to many that the reality of pandemic parenthood has put this immense strain on their mental, social, physical health. The pandemic has widened the gender gap in the workforce. There's been over 2 million jobs lost to women uh, since the course of, over the course of the pandemic. And every month we keep seeing new reports of the thousands of, of women leaving the workforce in, in droves. But in, in addition to impacting our long-term financial security, earning power of moms, uh, the pandemic is also playing this huge part in the family dynamic and the well-being of children. Uh, the most alarming trend we've seen is the rise in domestic uh, me, intimate partner violence, which pre-pandemic affected one in four women. And so today, in today's uh, environment with the strain of financial pressures, social distancing, there was a surge at the beginning of the pandemic and calls to police, domestic violence hotlines, and that impact has continued. So we're concerned about the safety of moms, uh, but also the long-term impact on the family. You know, a full year, <laughs> I can't believe it's been a full year, Kathy, a full year in, you know, we're still homeschooling our kids. We're worried about our elderly parents, all while being expected to maintain these same levels of productivity at work. And then you take that stress and amplify it by the, the, that if you, um, you know, the stress that you may or may not contact the virus. So if you're an essential worker, you need to go into work every day uh, to support your family, that stress is obviously greater. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not surprised by these statistics, um, you know, that's increasing people's risks of stress, anxiety, depression, especially among different groups, single parents, mothers of color, parents of vulnerable populations. I was, I was talking to somebody just even last week who goes into work three times a week. Uh, she's got a 12-year-old and 11-year-old. She has to leave them at home alone um, to do their, their work, uh, their schoolwork, and she just has no other options. There's just... <laughs> She's worried about, you know, not just contracting COVID and bringing it home, but also, you know, her kids' safety, their long-term emotional security, being home. Um, another one, which is very similar to our situation, Kathy, working home. Um, you know, the, she, I was talking to somebody, she was working from home and she didn't feel comfortable telling her boss how stressed she was feeling. She's had no changes in her schedule uh, she's monitoring her kids' schoolwork. She's taking on all the home duties, cooking, laundry, everything. And, uh, you know, before the pandemic, those lines between work and life were, were <laughs> a little harder. <laughs> she had an end to her work day, and that's just uh, not the case anymore. And I was telling you earlier around, you know, the trends we're seeing on our platform. So Avia serves millions of people every single day on this journey. Uh, we deliver the Edinburgh Postnatal Depression Scale digitally in Ovia. EPDS is an instrument that's most commonly used to identify postpartum depression. 
And we, again, we deliver millions of those each year. We took a sample of the results pre-pandemic and during the pandemic, and the results were just alarming. We've seen this increase in mild to moderate, moderate to severe depression. Uh, we also saw an adverse impact among moms uh, of ages 35 to 39 with an increase, a uh, more dramatic increase in, in depression, um, even a 24% increase in, in suicidal ideation amongst that group. Bigger, start, more stark differences amongst those that are first-time moms versus uh, second-time and third-time mothers, which I thought was surprising. And uh, also the uh, biggest impact amongst the BIPOC community, specifically Black mothers, uh, bigger increases in, in suicidal ideation uh, since pre-pandemic times uh, compared to white moms. So no, <laughs> no, it doesn't surprise me. This pandemic is influencing every aspect of our lives, uh, not just our work, <laughs> our family dynamics, our access to health services, um, and what matters most to us, which is our health and that of our children. You know, I've heard so many stories just, you know, among people in my community, like the ones that you shared about parents who have left their jobs because they need to homeschool their kids, or, you know, my kids will tell me about uh, other kids in their class who have to take care of younger siblings while they are homeschooling because their parents are working. Um, and it's just been so tough, I think, on families. So what do you think the role of employers should be in all of this? What should they be doing for working families and particularly women and women of color? As you mentioned, you know, they have been more hard hit um, what should they be doing that can address the mental health toll that it's taken? Employers certainly have a, have a role to play. This is a systematic issue. <laughs> it has to be addressed at the systematic level. We serve, OVIA is offered as a covered benefit to over 2,000 employers. So we've been able to see what they've been doing for, for their workforces. And, and there are a lot of employers that are really stepping up and taking action at this time. Uh, they're investing in behavioral health resources designed specifically for parents. They're um, prioritizing virtual health support, uh, programs like Lavia. They engage them in the, in the comfort of their homes. I think the, the three main things employers can do. First is just leading with empathy, understanding the problem, um, understanding what parents are going through, and then also specifically at their organization. Uh, we've been seeing uh, employee employers encourage supervisors to communicate with their teams, their direct reports one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, they talk about mental health as a company-wide concern rather than an individual level uh, to really normalize it. And they've been doing surveys throughout the pandemic to understand what is most important to their parents uh, at the organization. Are they working from a home? How many kids do they have? And by doing that, they've been able to make these more data-driven decisions around uh, increasing the resources. Uh, you know, should we invest more in behavioral health, childcare stipends? The second thing I've seen employers do, <laughs> which should do is invest in these resources, investing in behavioral health programs, childcare stipends, flexible work schedules, peer-to-peer -peer venues uh, for support. Um, we've seen our, our clients, for example, double down on OVS support. They've been inviting us in. Our, our, our mental health social workers that, that coach the people on our platform will actually go virtually to an organization and moderate discussions, everything from 
uh, vaccines when pregnant to breastfeeding to back to school decisions. And then um, in addition to putting dollars behind it, I think what employers need to do is make a commitment for the long term. Uh, these uh, you know, investments will send a much louder signal of support if they're made with a, with a long-term view. There's just so much uncertainty. Parents need to know they can rely on their employer, not just today, but they need to rely on them tomorrow, next year, when there's still no vaccine in sight for their kids, uh, or the year after when the long-term effects um, of some of these uh, shocking statistics will take place. My company, we, three weeks in, we, we came out as office optional. <laughs> indefinitely, which was terrifying because, you know, value that community and that in-person. So so to make that such a big commitment in the long-term, but it was worth it knowing that it put everyone at ease. You knew you weren't going to be pressured to come back in. And it sent this long-term commitment that we're here for you throughout the entire pandemic, not just the first couple months. And, you know, I think the same is for mental health care benefits, child care, temporary stipends, parental leave policies are really great. I'm so glad to see those those pop up amid the pandemic. But you know, post pandemic, um, you know, what will your child care benefit look like? How can you tell people around, you know, this is a long term commitment in this stipend? I think if one thing that COVID has taught us is that when parents don't have child care, you can't work. <laughs> So if you can't have trusted, reliable, affordable child care, uh, there's, there's no way that you can you can uh, be expected to produce at the same level as, as, as before. Um, so I'm hoping to see some of these investments happen more on the on the long term as well. And specifically, as parents come back into the workforce, as women decide, OK, you know, my kids are back in school now, I can go back to the workplace. Are there any specific resources that employers should offer at that time when people are coming back in? Honestly, I think the biggest thing they can do offer is transparency. uh, And what are their expectations? What are their policies? What is the timeline? Um, And then also what's the transparency into the health of the business to give people that sort of long-term security. We're seeing a lot of employers um, kind of gravitate towards this hybrid model um, and, uh, you know, some, some execs seem very eager to reopen offices, some, and get back to this normal life, quote unquote. Uh, but even, you know, with cases declining, it's, it's difficult to determine that when the timing of when we'll be able to safely return our full workforces back. Uh, but preferences have changed, you know, <laughs> uh, who knows uh, uh, what people will be asking for, how much percentage of will be remote versus in-person at post the pandemic. I think some people are can't wait, They're, sign me up, I want to go back to the office, while others uh, pre- would prefer to, you know, work remotely more often now having experienced it. I think I'm in the, the latter <laughs> I, if I had childcare, that wasn't my mom <laughs> at all. My mom is doing a great job. Uh, but if, you know, if I had the, a normal work from home environment, I, I'd want to be here at home a few days a week, save those, save those commuting hours. So uh, we'll, we'll have to see that flexibility and that investment um, amongst different organizations. And it's one thing to say that these are things that we should do and another to actually put it into practice. I know you talked a little bit before about how OVIA is indefinitely either at home or workforce optional. What other things are you doing for your employees right now? 
That's a great question. I think this, the support we're offering is, is evolving each month. So there's been a dedicated task force to almost every aspect of the pandemic, in addition to, of course, HR and operations taking the lead. Some examples of what we're doing uh, is the having office optional indefinitely, easing that that burden, uh, enabling people to work from home. We're very lucky in that you know our our programs are digital health programs. It's twenty five percent of our workforce was working from home before the pandemic, um, so it was uh, easier change than others. We've also have opened the office up for a certain number of people uh, permitted each week for those that really need that outlet and want to go in a safe place <laughs> um, where they can work. Uh, we've started offering support in the form of time off. So every month we have a mental health day, company-wide mental health day. Uh, you know, you can't schedule meetings on that day. <laughs> um, it's highly encouraged. You know, it's, it, no one, no one will bother you. Um, and, and and that's in addition to, of course, our, our regular holiday and, and vacation benefits. And that we're leaning on our our, uh, our existing leave policies. So if people need to take advantage of short-term disability and, and bonding leaves. Uh, we've been encouraging increasing transparency around those. Maybe you weren't in the mindset of taking those pre-pandemic and didn't know they were available. So since then, we've been navigating people to those policies and how they can take advantage of, of different leave options. And I, what I'm so amazed by Via too, is just people stepping up to support each other. We've had, we've always had different groups uh, on Slack or, or meeting up in person now virtually, uh, but we've been you know, trying to facilitate those venues for parents to talk to each other, um, for people to discuss their, their mental health concerns in a safe place. You know, there's no taboo. <laughs> people feel very open to sharing uh, their, their, their struggles, um, which has been important. And then again, on transparency, we've been very transparent around the, not just uh, the state the state of the office, but also uh, what's the state of the business. So every week we hold a company-wide virtual team meeting, which is, it's really great to hear, you know, offers that social support and a sense of normalcy to see the people that you don't normally work with day to day, but also just to offer um, some transparency into the positive health of the business, uh, which is really imper imperative right now for parents uh, that need to know they have that stability and certainty during the pandemic. Now, let's look ahead to the next few years. Do you foresee a time when we're going to go back to normal as it was before the pandemic, or are we really entering a new way of working now? I hope it's a new way of working. <laughs> I think, I mean, I didn't definitely care delivery will never look the same. Uh, I'll never, the days of episodic care delivery where you drive to an office and, and sit there, um, wait 20 minutes for an appointment uh, and be rushed through your care will look different. Uh, the future will look more like digital programs like OVIA. And then the workforce, I hope it becomes more flexible and or corporations really uh, adopt these new policies and maintain them, everything from reducing travel to um, enabling people to work multiple days a week from home. I, I'm optimistic. I know Ovia will, will, will look totally different. Well, thank you, Gina. This was a really great interview. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Kathy. I appreciate it. Thank you for taking time for such an important topic of parent mental health. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Smarter Healthcare Podcast. To learn more about Gina's work at Ovia Health, you can follow her on Twitter at GNebisar. Follow the company on Twitter at Ovia Health. You can also follow me on Twitter at KSusich or at SmartHC Podcast. 
feel free to get in touch with comments or guest suggestions. To listen to more episodes, visit our website at www.smarthcpodcast.com or find us on your favorite podcast app. I'd appreciate if you would subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for listening.